This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're, 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 you're listening to the podcast for all of the news, notes, and breakdowns for your Ohio State Buckeyes. This is Sons of the Shoe with Nick Wilson and Spencer German. We are back. We are back. The Sons of the Shoe is back. Hi, Spencer German. How you doing, buddy? myself. Pretty good, Nick. How about you? right here uh crazy week in college football the early signing period opens on wednesday december 20th that would be tomorrow as we record here on a tuesday it closes on friday we are at smack dab in the middle of bowl season there is a flurry of buckeye news none of it seemingly positive to this point so we got all that going on we got chip kelly fixing college football but As everybody knows, we are a new podcast. We would appreciate you following the show wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, the free Odyssey app, 92.3thefan.com. Of course, you can also watch us on the 92.3thefan YouTube channel. But why would you do that? I am fat. I am ugly. Do not do that to yourself. But I guess we can start at the beginning um, with Transfer Portal News. uh, Julian Fleming officially going to Penn State. Kyle McCord officially going to Syracuse. Those were the two big dominoes that Ohio State fans were waiting to see where guys that dropped into the portal for Ohio State went. Let's start with Julian Fleming. Is this uh, is this a big blow for Ohio State, him going to a uh, division rival, a conference rival? Uh, I mean, I, first of all, for him, I think it makes a lot of sense. He is from Pennsylvania, so I'm, and I know he was recruited by Penn State coming out of high school. So I think that move kind of makes sense for him. But yeah, I you know I wonder about like the does he know trade secrets thing? But I mean, listen, we real quick. Spent, he, yeah, he, uh, Penn State already knows how to lose to Michigan, so they don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's no like here. You really want to piss your fans off? This is how you do it. Well, it's 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 more so like does he have the secret recipe for James Franklin to finally get one over on Ohio State? Is more so what I'm what I what I think I'm referring to. Like. I don't, and I don't know if that's the, the the solution. Like we spent an entire episode after the win over Penn State talking about how James Franklin's always just going to James Franklin. I don't think Julian Fleming necessarily solves that, even if he comes with, "Hey, this is what they like to do." Um, and he may he may not even know everything that they are trying to do based on who's starting a quarterback next year for Ohio State either. So it's it, that's kind of a big mystery for him as well. Um, but does it stink? He kind of goes to a Big Ten rival. Yeah, but here's the thing, Nick. Like. 
I think we'd both agree, and this is not a knock on Julian Fleming. Like he's he seems like he's a good dude. He obviously has been like a leader on the, uh, with this for this program for the last couple of years. You know, even when they had Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigba and all those guys, they all raved about how great Julian Fleming was and how just a great teammate and leader that he was for the group. Um, but like, I don't know that he has lived up to the expectations of him coming out of high school as one of the, I mean, let's face it. He was one of the highest rated recruits to ever come to Ohio state. I'm pulling it up here real quick. He was the seventh highest recruit to ever come to uh, Ohio state. So like he had some key drops in certain, at certain moments, he just never really sort of materialized when you saw all these other receivers who were kind of around him. So I'm not sitting here like shaking in my boots, like, Oh no, Julian Fleming is going to Penn state. That that's, that means Ohio state's in trouble next year. I'd be more worried if like Jeremiah Smith was not committed to Ohio state than I am about Julian Fleming going to Penn state. Is it bad that I kind of root for the kid because all the things you mentioned, like by the end, like when he drop a pass and I, I can't remember if it's a Penn state game or the run, there was one of those games towards the end of the season where it was kind of a moment for him and he had a kind of a drop. And I just like at the end, like one of the downsides of college football fandom is that we are hyper-focused on guys we have uh, sky-high expectations for. And Julian Fleming was one of those dudes, and I just felt bad for him by the end of it because he just seemed like a good kid that just got lost in the shuffle, which is what happens. Like, it's funny, like, they had Emeka Abuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, it's not Julian Fleming's yeah. fault, per se, that he got lost. To, and before that, it was Jackson Smith and Jigba, and it was all these other dudes. So, like... I kind of, I'm hopeful that he gets a new start and a fresh start. And listen, I don't think he's going to be the difference maker in next year's Penn state, Ohio state game. And the, you know, obviously we've got that going on. We've got Kyle McCord who apparently at the last second uh, said <laughs> hell no to Matt rule and Nebraska, which seemed like I, I mentioned to you, the stylistic fit that I had concerns about with how Matt rule likes to play offense and how, what Kyle McCord's good at. Well, then it turns out Dylan Rayola, who is the, uh, the nephew of Donovan Rayola, longtime Lions starting center that he flipped from Georgia back to Nebraska. So now they've got their quarterback and then Kyle McCord lands in Syracuse. And I got to be honest with you. Don't love it for, for Kyle McCord, new head coach, defensive head coach, you know, uh, sorry, first time head coach at any level, and he's from the defensive side of the ball. I know that Fran Brown has gotten a lot of love for the, the staff that he's kind of put in there, but you don't have any track record on the offensive side of the ball that you can kind of point to. And so to me, it's a Hail Mary. And it feels like, well, this is the best I could get, which surprises the hell out of me that that's the best Kyle McCord could get, Spencer. First of all, I was just going to say, I don't think there's an issue with rooting for Julian Fleming. I, I I agree with you. I think he just kind of got lost in the shuffle here. There was so much wide receiver talent coming in. Um, it's not fully his fault. There were some moments. He actually had a couple good catches in that Michigan game, too, that I thought were like big time for him. Um, so, yeah, it, it's unfortunate that it didn't really materialize to the level we thought it would for him. But I, 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 I certainly am right there with you in watching him next year against Penn State and um any Penn State games like I'll be certainly supporting him but yeah with the, with the Kyle McCord thing I it, it is interesting that Syracuse ends up being sort of the best option for him uh you know we talked about like oh maybe Pitt would be an option and there'd be some other schools Syracuse seems like it's a little lower on the totem pole 
for schools that he would end up at. Um, and yeah, you bring up the the new head coach there being a defensive minded guy. I don't like. I don't know if they're bringing in it, him in hoping okay, he'll sort of stabilize the offense for us while I focus on rebuilding the defense here. But um, yeah, I, like, do you? Th- I don't know if like I th- I think he can still be okay, and I think he can still if if his goal is I'm going to go here and get some nil money, maybe increase my draft stock or whatever. I'm not going to sit here and say Syracuse increases your profile because I think Ohio state being the starting quarterback at Ohio state is obviously a bigger deal than being the starting quarterback at Syracuse. But do you think this has the potential to like backfire on Kyle McCord or because like, I think there's certain programs he could have gone to where it really would have worked out. Like he would have had the right system, had the right coach could have done some nice things, almost ended up like maybe a Kenny Pickett type player where you're like, Oh, this guy coming out of college. Like, He's got some potential. Let's see what we can do with him. And then even if he doesn't pan out the NFL, maybe he goes in a round that you wouldn't have necessarily expected and he makes something out of it. But like, do you think that him going to Syracuse now is going to maybe hurt the potential of him to increase his profile in that way? Yeah. I mean, listen, I hope it works out for the kid. Cause again, I, I got nothing against him. All right. He wasn't what they needed this year, but I, I guess I don't like how the process played out. And when you're choosing between Nebraska and Syracuse, and I'll do respect to both those schools, Matt Rule's a really good man. He really is, like a really good college football coach. And he seems to embrace the NIL era, which is awesome. Like that that's adaptation. And I think Fran Brown has gotten a lot of great marks for, for being the hire there at Syracuse. I guess my thing is, tell me why it's better than Ohio State. And it's funny, like when we first when we first saw the news, our reaction was, well maybe Ryan Day went to him, whispered in his ear and said, "Eh, you're not going to be here next year, so why don't you go out in the portal and make some money? As this thing has evolved, it sure seems like Ohio State was surprised. And actually, Bill Kerlick, who was on our last episode, mentioned that Ohio State was surprised that that Kyle McCord went into the portal. And so, you know, there are also whispers about a family member being in his ear and maybe saying, hey, my son needs to be – sorry, my my family member needs to be the starting quarterback next year, guaranteed. Right, right. So So, so real quick, I just want to add, like, some of the things that I've just heard, and again, I'm not trying to pretend – I'm not trying to pose as a Ohio State reporter. I'm not, like, in the building every day to know. But just things that I've heard from people I've talked to, um, it sounds like, yeah, it was more so a – I mean, we kind of talked about it, Nick. It sounds like it was kind of a, I'm going to break up with you before you break up with me type yeah. thing. Like he, he, he kind of got wind that Ohio state might be looking elsewhere. He said, if you can guarantee me the starting job and you can maybe get me some more NIL money, I'd be willing to stay. And Ohio state was kind of like, uh, we're not, you know, we're going to explore our options. And then that's where he, he leaves. So I, I can understand why maybe it caught him off guard, but I also think like they had to expect that on some level that it could happen because Kyle McCord spent, I mean, listen, the stats are the stats. That's going to help boost his case for why he deserves more NIL money. So I'm sure on some level, like he looked and said, I can go somewhere else and get paid based off of what I did at Ohio state. And if that's, what's a priority to him, then, then fine. I, I well, think like, actually, no, that not fine because if, because the price you're going to get paid a pittance, like the difference between what he could get paid at Ohio state and the what he probably got paid at Syracuse. So it's all speculation at this point. It's none yeah, of it's firm yeah. and on the, on top of the radar. So like, but, one, you can't tell me that Syracuse is going to pay you more than Ohio State would. And two, the whole point of him going in the portal is I want to go to a place where I know I'm going to start so I can become an NFL quarterback. What was the last time? Donovan McNabb. 
23 years ago was the last <laughs> legitimate starting quarterback. Hey, they, hey. Well, Tommy DeVito. Don't, I was going to say, hey, don't you sleeping on Tommy DeVito over here. You talking to me? You talking to me? Sorry, <laughs> hey, I went full well, De Niro. He might have somebody listening to the podcast and uh, like, and, come and, whack us if we, don't, if we don't show some respect. So I do so. not want to get whacked. No, no, sir. I'm not in high school. Um, I got to tell you, though, man, like it bugs me. It bugs me because if your idea is, well, I can get $200,000 more NIL here. Okay, well, where's a better program that's going to put you in the NFL? Yeah. And, you know, I got to be honest with you. Coaches annoy me when they say, man, kids don't want to compete anymore. It sure seems like either Kyle McCord didn't want to compete or somebody in his family or people around him didn't think he should compete. And I think next year, like if Kyle McCord comes back, I, I don't think they're starting Air Nolan in his freshman year. So even if Air's in the, the competition, I don't think he's a serious, uh, you know, competitor. And so you already beat Devin Brown out once. Like, Lincoln Keenholz shouldn't scare you that much. Like, I, I think this is a real miscalculation for Kyle. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope he goes to Syracuse and, you know, get, secures the bag. And then next year he's a, a, you know, first, second round pick in the NFL. I don't think it's going to happen, though. Not not the way it could happen at Ohio State, where you're playing around other top 10 picks at almost every spot of the ball. And you're going to have, you know, uh, potentially Smith next year, as long as he signs this week. You're going to have Carnell Tate. You're going to have all these guys that can help you get where you want to go. So if he had gone, if he had landed in Oregon, where Dante Moore landed, if he had uh, landed at USC, where Malachi Nelson just hit the transfer portal, or if he had gone to Oklahoma, these are all places that even though they don't have a track record like Ohio State does with putting Justin Fields, Dwayne Haskins, um, C.J. Stroud, all first-round picks into the NFL under Ryan Day, but at least they're premier programs that have premier talent around you that make you better. Instead, you're not going to Syracuse where it's year one of a of a rebuild, and you got to be the best player on that team. Good luck, man. I just I feel bad for the kid. I think this was a either an uh, either a, an ego of his you know move. Or, would sorry, you feel this way if you if you went to Nebraska? Like if he ended up in Nebraska, would you feel better about it? Not really. Marcus Satterfield has not, I mean, Marcus Satterfield is the OC there. Yeah. uh, You know, talk to a South Carolina fan, how they felt about Marcus Satterfield. Um, And again, I thought stylistically the fit just didn't make sense. So yeah, it's it. I just feel bad for the kid. I feel like he got caught up in the game and it's on him. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. Like in the end it's on, if you really want to be an NFL quarterback, how is Syracuse better for that than Ohio state? Yeah. And maybe, and again, I don't know what his priorities are. Um, I bring up the money thing. We don't know the full details of any NIL deals. There was the one that was reported with Nebraska when he was, when he was rumored to re-reporting there, that was like 600,000 or whatever the hell it was um, to be the, to, to be the spokesperson for Honda McCord. Um, But yeah, like, I don't know. I, like maybe he is driven by the money and he's like, maybe I'm not going to be as good of an NFL prospect. So I got to get my money now. Like, I don't know what's driving him, but I, I will say this because you bring up guys not wanting to compete. I think it's even less about him not necessarily wanting to compete because he, he stepped into a competition this year and he won it. It might just be flat out, Nick. Like he just wants to be wanted that. I mean, cause I, you, you hear about like the, the modern day athlete and I don't mean this as a knock to the modern day athlete. I, I, I think it's more about coaches, need to evolve the way that they think. Like we talk about Dabo Swinney being very 
um, archaic in the way he approaches things like, oh, I don't want the transfer portal. I'm not going to, you know, baby a guy. I don't want these guys getting paid, all this different stuff. I think it's more about like the, the modern day athlete is the modern day athlete. You have to adjust to them. They're not going to adjust or bend to you. And so I just wonder like in all that talk about those things and, and how athletes respond to certain things today, I just almost wonder if the mindset for some of these guys, maybe this is Kyle McCord is, Hey, I want to be where I'm wanted. And if I'm not wanted at Ohio state, after I put up the numbers that I put up and I did what I did and I came within a couple plays from potentially knocking off Michigan, then I don't want to be here and the money would obviously help. And so I'm going to go somewhere where I feel like I'm wanted. I, I, I do wonder how much that maybe plays into it as well. So with that, the other quarterback carousel or the rest of the quarterback carousel continues to spin, uh, to spin rather. Dante Moore lands at Oregon, as I mentioned. Um, Dylan Gabriel also ending up um, out West as well, transferring out of, uh, out of Oklahoma. Uh, Malachi Nelson of USC yeah, is, is back in the portal. So it's interesting that, that, you know, the, the Buckeyes still do not have at least seemingly a path to a quarterback here, as there's a lot of guys who've been in the portal for a hot minute that they have either showed little interest or just have not pulled the trigger on, including Cam Ward. Um, I think they're in a really interesting situation. And I think fans are st- going to start to get really uncomfortable as more of these guys go off the board as, yeah as it starts to look like they're just going to going to commit to the plan that they have. Yeah. And I think the one thing working in their favor maybe is that this is kind of the, there's a closed period right now uh, that started on Monday. So from the 18th of December till the 11th of January, basically through the, the national championship game, the, the visits for recruits and different things, you're not allowed to, uh, do campus visits, uh, official visits, or off-campus contact. There's only really phone calls kind of going on. So I, I actually feel like Ohio State, my view on it is this. They're going into this bowl game, the, the Cotton Bowl with Missouri, as a chance to basically audition both Devin Brown and and, and Keenholz and see kind of what they what they have here. And then once that window kind of opens back up in the new year, They'll have a chance to maybe host some of these guys because I don't know that like Malachi. Um, what the hell? Um, I don't know Nelson. that Malachi Nelson. Yeah, sorry, is going to make a decision here like instantly. Like I'm, I'm sure he's going to kind of see what's out there. And I would guess like I don't know that Ohio State's interested in him, but if that's somebody they might pursue, maybe that's something they do after he they they kind of see how the bowl game goes, which is coming up here. It's only like ten days away, so I don't know that they're necessarily and I don't I don't know that my point is I don't know that there needs to be panic yet but I do think yes it's going to make Buckeye fans a little unnerving to know they don't have that guy just yet picked out now I have a question in relation to Dante Moore because you said he you mentioned he made his decision this week I wonder like how much do you think the Buckeyes are looking at the options out there and this could be in play too for a guy when you're looking at uh, Malachi Nelson because he's a younger guy. You're expecting he's probably going to start a couple years for you. How much do you think that is holding back the Buckeyes from pursuing some of these guys if they're thinking long term, like, well, we want to make sure we're paving the way for our, our recruits coming in rather than get this guy now? And should they be thinking that way? Because on some level, like, they kind of got to just think about, like, we got to do what's best for us to win right now. I mean, Ryan Day, every year he loses to Michigan. His jaw, his seat gets a little bit hotter. So I understand he's he's clearly, I don't think, getting fired going into the next year. But 
do you think it's okay for them to think that way? Or should they maybe per- pursue some of these guys, whether or not it's going to impact what happens with, say, an Aaron Nolan? Um, I Listen, I think if there was a guy that they thought could step in and be what Justin Fields was for you, um, which is an immediate impact guy, and obviously Justin had to sit the year out because of the old uh, college football rules, but I feel like if they had their Justin Fields, I think they'd pull the trigger. And I think in lieu of that, I think they are doing the smart thing. Like, the goal is to have a sustainable ecosystem of quarterbacks where it becomes next man up, where you can go from JT Barrett and say, all right, now it's either Joe Burrow or Dwayne Haskins, right? Or Dwayne Haskins. Or, and then you can go, all right, it's either player X or Justin Fields. And then it's either CJ Stroud or this player. So I think that should be the goal. And it just so happens that in between C.J. Stroud and Aaron Nolan, you have a two-year gap. So I think it would make sense, unless you have a guy that you think is worth losing Aaron Nolan, I think it makes sense to try and you know look at short-term options to try and maintain this ecosystem of next man up at the quarterback position because I think that's only going to help you. Like if you, I think there's, I think it's more value to you developing a guy that is sat on your roster for a year or two or three years and him going into the NFL draft, then you were like the guy that was the conduit for that guy in his final year of college. Do you agree or disagree with that? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think that's probably a fair a fair way to look at it um, and just kind of keeping the ecosystem going. And that's part of the reason why the, the Buckeyes are in the dilemma they're in right now, right? Because their succession plan to C.J. Stroud was supposed to be um, Quinn Ewers and Quinn Ewers transfers goes to Texas. And now that's why you have this kind of gap slash window that's throwing things off for you where you had to start Kyle McCord this year and you're kind of out there surveying what's available to you at the quarterback position. But I also just think too, like, it, I like I understand that thought process, and I understand you got to kind of think ahead of okay, where are we going to be in in a year, in two years, whatever. And, and and I'm not some recruiting master, but I also think about it from the perspective of this 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 organization top down with Ryan Day. They don't have time to sit necessarily and like wait and see. Like okay, well we'll get we'll find a way to get to Air Nolan, and then we'll run with Air Nolan. Like. No, like you got to win this year. So I agree with you. Like, I'm not saying make any rash decisions and just bring in Cam Ward because you think he he's going to like, you know, quiet the masses out there with the torch and pitchforks. It has to be a fit. And it sounds like maybe they thought Riley Leonard was a fit and they pursued him a little bit. But like, yes, it has to be a fit for sure. But I, I just don't know that they have they have like the the uh, the time, I guess, is, is the word to sit there and just be like, well, it's okay. We'll, you know, we'll let this, we'll, we'll let Dante Moore go elsewhere. We'll let my Malachi Nelson go elsewhere because we got Aaron Nolan next year and, and we'll just figure it out this year. And, and, and I don't know, maybe they feel really good about Devin Brown. Some of the stuff that I've heard is just that, yeah, you know, they, they seem like they're going to sort of roll with what they have in the room already. And if that's what they're going to do, then I guess we're going to see how that works out. 
Um, and you mentioned, you know, the, the locker room has really come to Devin Brown's defense and, and said, you know, we believe in him and he's got a little bit more mobility to him than, um, than McCord did. So listen, maybe that's the plan and maybe it'll work out, but I, I just don't know that, especially with the new AD coming in that you just want to sit back and kind of be like, eh, well, we're okay. Cause we got Aaron Nolan next year. Like you do need an option this year, whether that's a young guy that might push a couple, a couple recruits away or whether or not, um, because that's that you bring up Justin Fields, like even Justin Fields started two years. So that could have disrupted some of the recruiting process for Ohio state, but it didn't like he came, he, he played two years and then that bridged the gap to CJ Stroud. I, I'm not worried about Ohio state finding the next big quarterback recruit. Like they're always going to be on the radar for guys and they're always going to be bringing these guys in. So even if it were to cost you, I guess, Aaron Nolan, okay, well, you'll get the next guy that comes out. There's something to be said about not panicking in, in the wake of the Michigan loss. So while I would love that quarterback in the portal, and I certainly have been hot and heavy off every name, KJ Jefferson, Cam Ward, it's the Baskin and Phelps. Do we want them? Do we want them? But if Ryan Day is looking at this and says, I can't, there are some things I need to change, but I can't panic at the quarterback position. I need to trust what I've done for the last five years here. There's actually some really smart logic to that. Right. It's, it's, it's good to change. It really is. If he, if he thinks about why he hasn't beaten Michigan, I think, and, and finds ways to change or adapt off that, that's good, but he shouldn't just go get a quarterback because well, Kyle McCord lost and then Kyle McCord didn't feel loved. And now we got to go ahead and change the whole plan and maybe endanger this three-year plan. We had a quarterback. So yeah. that, that would be the devil's advocate to, to what I think I, you just I, said. I get it. And I'm not saying they need to panic either. I'm, but I'm just saying like the, 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 the thought process going back the other direction to, to respond to what you just said would be, well, okay. You got to trust the process of the last five years. Well, the last five years you've lost to Michigan three straight. You didn't play in the one year you lost to him the last three years. So what is the, what is the process that your trusting actually gotten you? So maybe you do need to change things up. That, that would be, I guess, like the, what it's the, gotten you, what it's gotten you <laughs> is like 47 wins or something like that. In four, people act as if this is Michigan, you know, before Jim Harbaugh t- or when Rich Rod was there, like guys, it, it sucked. I'm not, I'm not here to t- put, you know, I'm not here to polish that turd. It has sucked losing to Michigan to three straight years. It sucks not being in the playoffs this year, but like, Oh, look at where it's gotten you. Yes. Oh, these 47 wins. Damn it. And I well, understand the and I understand there's some valid uh, arguments. And this about isn't even me. This isn't even me necessarily, but I'm saying like there's a lot of Ohio State fans out there who are sitting there saying we could bring in a lot of coaches who could do what Ryan Day has done, which is and win all these games in the Big Ten, rest. win all these games in the Big Ten, and then lose to Michigan. Yeah, and that's that's fan hubris. And and respect and listen, <laughs> Buckeye fans. I love you. I do. You're crazy. And I love, like, I love being a Buckeye fan because it's common. I'm standing up for the common fan. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, By the way, you you know, there's common man in Columbus. Now it's common fan here in Cleveland. (laughs) Um, I just, at some point, like, I get it. Like, yes, almost anybody can beat Illinois. Almost anybody can beat Purdue. But to to throw this away, well, anyone could do this. No, no, not anyone could. Okay, <laughs> there's a reason why James Franklin has been third tier in the Big Ten. There's a reason why it took Jim Harbaugh four or five years to break through that impenetrable seal that Ohio State had for it. 
And yes, it's happened. And yes, there's reasons to look at this thing and say, how do we make it better? But this woe is me. The sky is falling. We're never going to win again. Like that is just fan overreaction. And it's not something Ryan Day should consider himself with. He's got to focus on how to tweak the program, not over overhaul it completely, not wholesale changes, not throw literally everything out the window. It is tweak the program because if you tweak too much, you might go the opposite way, which is going to get you fired. Like losing four games, including to Michigan next year, is going to get you fired just as much as if you only lose to Michigan next year. Oh, I felt good. I need it's been building up for a minute here. Now we are, you know, we have not gotten to the high school recruiting side of things as the early signing period opens up tomorrow and runs through Friday of this week. So we're going to get to that when we come back. But first, a word from our sponsors. <laughs> 